Welcome to Kelly Memorabilia and Memories. Welcome to Kelly Memorabilia and Memories podcast. The weeks are just flying in. If you recall, the last one was an interview with Alan Craig on the subject of away days. And I'm absolutely delighted to be pursuing a similar topic tonight and to have joining me uh, Ian Burnett. And he's going to be telling us just in a moment about his thoughts in the season to come and also his early memories of falling Kelly. And of course, we're going to be getting right into talking about those away days once more. So good evening, Ian. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks very much for inviting me. No, an absolute pleasure. Um, your name is, has certainly been highly recommended to me. Um, as a, a man to a go-to for, for away days as well. So, so I've been looking forward to this one. Um, so what are, your, what are your thoughts at the moment? And I mean, obviously, we're, we're really starting the season tomorrow and Ernest starting with East Kilbride. Um, how are you feeling about the season to come at the moment? Well, it was that wee initial depression after the Dundee game and more so... Also, the way it was, the, the playoff games were just a major disappointment. Mm-hmm. But it was a couple of days, I was all right. I was suffering for a couple of days and I was all right after that. And I'm, I, I'm actually excited now. The turnaround of players, the, the places we've not been to for years. There's a bit of optimism about how the season will go. So, no, I'm in excited mode. Good. And, and the signing so far, maybe you need an R striker or two in there. Well, we could, we could have an experienced striker. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I watched the game at Lamb last week, and if somebody asked me after the game how such and such play, played, partly, partly due to the drink, I couldn't tell you who was who, what player was what, and that'll take a wee while because yeah. there's been that many new faces, so it'll take a wee while to, to get used to, to who's who. So, mm-hmm. But no, I'm, I'm optimistic with it. On paper, he seems to have made a, some good signings. I think so. I, I think that, you know, looking at the type of player that's been brought in, you're, you're thinking at this stage that they'll be the right type of men for at the Championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a, a good few of them have obviously been, been in there with the likes of Dunfermline and Wraith Rovers. Mm-hmm. So they've got that experience, you know, playing at that level. They realise it's a tough league. Yeah. And therefore, yeah, I think, I think we are looking quite well organised now. Just it's just as you said about an experienced striker there. I think mm-hmm. getting that over the line hopefully in the next week, week or two. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the squad seems to be shaping up, doesn't it? No, he even looks like a couple of goalkeepers in there. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, after playing a full season without one, that gives you a wee bit of confidence. <laughs> that? No. But I think as well, I think he signed. I think he signed four players that were captains of their team. Yeah, and I think they lacked a bit of uh, leadership last season and Definitely. I think he's maybe spotted that and there's a wee change there so yeah no I think there's a lot of grounds for optimism yeah and it is, I, think it we've is. Also been re- I think they've also been relegated at the right time because yeah. it's probably the weakest championship this season on paper because there's we'll probably be the biggest club in it so mm-hmm. there's no hearts hibs indeed no. and D and I'll no mention the other mob that's been doing there but uh, <laughs> I think it's oh. as, but uh, one year Grab one year doing there. After that, the novel helps and we're off. So, it does, Ian, and, and, you know, the, 
you look at the likes of these these clubs you mentioned there. Uh, Dundee United were in there for four years. Yeah. Ibs for three. And I know, you know, I appreciate Hearts and Rangers were in at the same time, but you're right. I think it's it's one year you've just got to get back out. Mm-hmm. And not only from a financial point of view, but also there is that novelty factor. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the two of us, I think, have, have been to all these games before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, many people haven't, and it is really exciting to, to get up to our growth and, you know, get down to Queen of the South and places like that. But, ah, that's okay for a season. And I hope we get a shot at going to these places. Yeah. Early. I mean, there's Queen of the South, the first away game. That'd be a great away day, but it came at the wrong time. Their I game, know. to a certain extent, came at the wrong time. But you just need to live with it, and hopefully it's not too long till we get, till we get into these places. I know, it's almost, you would have to say, if you were to have hand-picked a couple of games to start, you know, in normal times, you'd probably want air at home and Queen of the South away yeah, when it I, comes mm-hmm. to that division. As you said, mm-hmm. a fantastic away day. So it is such a shame with circumstances that they are. And there's a frustration around as well, isn't there? Just now, when, when we think there are something like 60,000 getting allowed into Wembley on Sunday. Oh. And yet we are scrabbling away trying to get 2,000 folk in for a home game against there. Doesn't make any sense, doesn't it? No. Hopefully at least, hopefully at least mid-August or something like that but I think so All right. we'll just need to wait and see but All fingers right. crossed I know but yeah no it's good good to hear you you're obviously very upbeat and optimistic as you said and, and looking forward with excitement right. at this stage this season and to see mm-hmm. how it's going to shape up but yeah. th- thinking back to your very earliest times and maybe a wee bit about how you came about uh, going to rugby park <laughs> Well, my earliest memories were, and I'm bad for years, I can't remember years, I can tell you who t- took a corner and who scored, but <laughs> if you ask me what year it was, I could be 20 years out when it was, but it was, uh, it was the old bubble cars, my Uncle Willie, uh, Stuart and Willie Bartley, mm-hmm. he had one of the seats, remember the wee light blue bubble cars, oh, the disabled cars that were on the track, I went mm-hmm. one of them, that would be 1968 roughly, I'd be about mm-hmm. six. And he took me, he took me there and I went there for about five years with the Uncle Willie and loved it. Yeah. Always a big packet. I always remember it was either a big packet of Mentola and a big packet of Munchies and a big packet of Ready Salt. Right. Just sitting down at that corner flag. And that, that was yeah. me, I was that was me going by then. Yeah. His hero was Jackie McGrory. Oh, yeah. No, I just started my earliest memories. Mm-hmm. And what and then, I mean when you think by were you taken by the size of the crowds at that time? Because it, it must have been fairly decent. Yeah, I actually felt, see, sitting in that wee bubble car, you just you felt a bit kind of away from the crowd, kind of thing. Aye. You kind of felt in your in your own wee bubble. Mm-hmm. But you felt you felt kind of it was only once I came out of there and started going to the terrace and Aye. that you kind of realised the volume and the, the size and the atmosphere really. Yeah, it was different when you were when you were out in the terrace, and it was strange. It was it was just two totally different experiences. Yeah, and what about travelling to away games? Was that quite early on as well? I think my, uh, again years. I think my first one I'd be about twelve. Right, time I went with my uh, with my pals and that, and it was uh, I've seen it was the Infirmary away, right. and we lost one, lost one, and I'm sure it was Alan Evans that scored the goal for Dunfermline. 
You know, when he played the Aston Villa, oh, we got a couple of caps for Scotland. Yeah, uh, that was my first memory in a away game. Right, because I always remember when we played that the nineteen seventy semi final like uh, Perth against Aberdeen, mm-hmm. and Uncle Willie broke the news to me that his wee bubble car wouldn't reach Perth, and I remember no. being heartbroken. <laughs> uh, so it was a few years after that that I actually got to an away game. No, they well, the weekends were great. The bus. I actually yeah. went to got in the Abdrossing bus early on for some reason. Okay. Although it was been a new fan. Uh-huh. We ended up with some pals for Abdrossing and Cowinning and Sockets. And I went in their bus for three or four years. Right. Some, some great laughs and great experiences. Yeah, yeah. And that, that would be a time, of course, where there were several buses probably running from the town. There wasn't a lot at that time, no. At that no, time, it was only really... That, that wee period, it was only really the travel club Mm-hmm. The Kelly Club, the Bickham Bush, and I'm drawing occasionally a Mochlin bus. There wasn't that many at that time. Yeah, it was only really after that period it picked up. Because yeah. I remember looking at programmes at that time. It was like all programmes for the 60s. Mm-hmm. And they'd have, they'd have 30 different supporters associations listed on the old programmes. Right. You couldn't believe, you just couldn't see that ever happening again. But it did, just a few years few years yeah. later, it did mm-hmm. another fleet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing we're we're talking about. That maybe in the last episode where, you know, in the mid, as you said there, the, the mid nineteen, early mid nineteen nineties, where if you picked up a program there and just looking through that list, it's quite incredible now. Uh, the number of buses and, and the fleeting effect, uh, without yeah. without a doubt, you know, had had a real knock on there, and there was a, a sense that. Buses were leaving from different parts of the town, and in fact, mm-hmm. you know, from across Ayrshire as well. I remember, remember, thirty buses at Dundee for a league game. <laughs> thirty buses, unbelievable. Incredible, I know. And you used to go to association association meetings, and there'd be there'd be like fifteen different clubs represented there. Mm-hmm. Brilliant times. Yeah. And this might be this might be the catalyst for that starting again, because if you're winning games, folk will be there to see you. It doesn't matter who you're beating. That's right. I think ultimately, you know, we can talk about pricing and and atmosphere and all the rest of it, but ultimately, I I always think what what brings folk into a football stadium is a winning team. Get away away after the game, they're smiling your face. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, so so that would have been you're talking probably there about seventies, kind of late that 60s, was about, the 70s. That was about seventy-five, I think. And I remember one in particular was it I must have been about fifteen or sixteen. This one always sticks in my mind, Rob. <laughs> and the went to Easter Road, it was the last game of the season. Uh, and it was the days when it still had the big high terrace in mm-hmm. Easter Road. Yeah. There only about five thousand there because again didn't mean anything. There's so nothing right. each draw. And the, the away end was shut off because it was getting developed. There's only about, I don't know, maybe 50 Kelly fans there or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the four of us were in the kind of big terrace and, but, and we decided, we were bored, and we decided we would go behind the goal. Mm-hmm. But to get behind the goal, you had to go to the back of the, the main terrace and, and then climb, well, I just thought you just climbed a wee fence round behind the goals. <laughs> So the first three, Joe Parker and a couple of other boys, they jumped out of the fence and went away behind the goals. Right. So I've followed them. I've climbed up the fence and I've jumped off. But the fence had like spikes in the top of it. Oh, no. Right. And what, the back of my jeans, that my foot had caught in, a, had caught in one of the spikes. Right. So I've jumped over 
and my head and the rest of my body's went. Oh. But my jeans cut cutting the spike. Now, by this <laughs> time, they were all we were in the corner, yeah. and I'm shouting, they couldn't hear me. Oh, and I'm dangling, and I, could, I couldn't pick myself back up. <laughs> now, the height of this terrace and the way down, I was just about level with half the seat. That's how, that's oh, how yeah, high yeah, up was. it was. <laughs> and I was there for about 20 minutes, and I couldn't get back right. up. Right. And I'm up and I'm up, and I'm up doing the way, and there was a wee bowling club just across, just across the road. Mm-hmm. So all these old guys are out playing bowls, <laughs> and they're looking up, pointing, going, and I'm shouting for help. Right. But I'm not too bothered. I'll just bother who's who shot it was at the balls. Who's getting closer? <laughs> aye, aye. And then after a wee while, there was a wee squad of about, I don't know, maybe 10 young boys come round the corner. Mm-hmm. Some thought I'll be saved now. They all thought they'll get steward or something. Yeah. So they disappeared for about 30 seconds and come back round. But they come back round with a big pile of stones. Oh, no. They started bombarding me with these stones. I was up. I went on for about half an hour, seriously, half an hour. I was hanging up there and eventually I managed to, the, I had to wrap the jeans, the bottom of the jeans off oh, to right. go up this spike and I'm way around the corner. Where have you been for the last half an hour? No, <laughs> don't ask. That, that was one of my early memories for away games and uh, stuck with me ever since. Oh, I will read that. It's like a medieval, medieval torture scene there. <laughs> I'm glad when it was Salt Cedar, <laughs> Easter Road. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah starting the spike and, and the friendly locals of Leith. Yeah, <laughs> back the stones. That, that sounds know, about right. That was, that was nice of them. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. But, uh, I, <laughs> that was in the 70s. Where that was in the 77, I think it was. Very, very different times, wasn't it? Going to football matches, you know, around, around the late 70s, early 80s. Well, and it, listening to Dings. The podcast earlier on there, mm. but no, that is that's it just totally changed when it went well. High Soul and Hillsborough and Bradford, yeah. and, and it just became a different even for us up here, it became a different experience. It did, it did, and I think, I mean, in, in many ways, in a more positive direction, wasn't it? Because I think it probably had to happen. I, 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 I certain ways it's taken a bit of enjoyment out of it, but yeah, only like in a raw mm. that's the way it was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, I mean, it's hard to think, you know, going to any games now, any away games, you're never wary, you're never worried about, you know, oh, no. I need to avoid that bridge, or need to avoid going down that side no, street. No, As no. you did in the past, or we're not going to walk through that park in the way back kind of thing. And you just knew the places to avoid. Um, and as I was, we were saying the last time round there, like Dumfries always seemed to be a hot spot for us, where... Aye. For whatever reason, that, that that town just seemed to be an uproar. I don't <laughs> know whether they just they, they saw us as saw us as a kind of derby game for them. Yeah, but but there was no order, order. We are the border. That's, That's what right. we used to sing it just before the border started, and it was That's every right. time. Yeah. Oh, aye. That was yeah. always trouble there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was another one was uh, Stirling Albion in nineteen seventy eight or something like that. Right. And there must have been only. You'd be lucky if there was 1,200, 1,300 at the game. Mm-hmm. And it was these days where, at that time, you used to swap ends at half-time. Mm-hmm. The supporters used to change ends at half-time. And the Stirling fans had come round to where the Kelly fans were. And there was a bit of, there was a bit of boxing and stuff like that up at the... There wasn't even a fence. It was just a, just a, a, wee, a wee gap in between the fans. And there had been a, there'd been a, there'd been a Hearts fan at the game. Yeah. Hearts had played Hibs earlier on 
and he had been at that. I assume he'd been at that because he'd always hearts gear on. Mm-hmm. And he joined the enjoyed the Sterling Albion fans. <laughs> uh, and then it all kicked off. Now we were at the back here, <laughs> me and me and Sean Lennon. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I feel is this thing hitting my, my forehead. What's that? Sean says, Ian, you're bleeding. And the next thing, the blood just went right down my killy oh, top, no. right down the middle. Right. It, was, it was a pomade bottle. Right. I don't know if you remember pomade, but pomade was where uh, it could have oh, moved the Eldorado wine onto pomade at that time. There was some weight in it. Put it that way. Oh, my, hey, oh, absolutely. He'd thrown right. it. This Hertz fan had thrown it. So I got led round the track. They took me round to the, the dressing rooms. It's half time. It kicked mm-hmm. off at half time. <laughs> into the dressing rooms and the Stirling Albion doctor kind of tried to patch me up but he phoned for an ambulance took me to the uh, Stirling Infirmary right. so they stitched it all up and I come back they take me back to the ground because I, I had to go and get bus anyway oh. so I come in through the tunnel there's only about five minutes left Jimmy Clark mm-hmm. spoke to for Stirling that day Stirling beats 2-1 he spoke to two for Stirling so right. I come through the tunnel and I'm walking by the dugout, Willie Fernley was the manager. Mm-hmm. And he started giving me anti bother for walking in front of him. Yeah, I'm covered <laughs> in blood. The killer scarf, I fought for the cause. And he's giving me, oh, Jesus, what? give me a break. But, uh, <laughs> but that kind of thing was regular at that time. It, was just, it wasn't a great, you'd be lucky if there was two or three police at the game, and these stewards, yeah. they just, just let you go in there at that time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and the early 80s, I mean, I mentioned this one before, but Hearts was always one that stuck out for me, oh, certainly coming that. to Rugby Park. And there was an infamous game, 90, well, more than one infamous game in Hearts, but 1982, you know, both teams vying for promotion to the Premier right. League. Second last game at Rugby Park. Scorching hot day. And... I can just, I think it was shown in Scott Sport, so it's, it's probably in YouTube somewhere, but I do just remember um, standing in the, the Rugby Road terrace on that day, and the game seemed to be getting constantly stopped, and the reason being, of course, folk were spilling over onto the pitch and fighting each other just outside of the pitch, and then there was some boy ran on. Lunch. Lynch ah, started, started to keep you up with the ball. And <laughs> of course, that. they got him off. And then Took about, the ball off Henry Smith, didn't he? Aye. And about aye. 20 minutes later, he reappeared, didn't he? Nah, I was on twice. Then he got chalked out. Apparently, he used to be a he used to be a very intelligent man. Right. Can't remember if he was a pilot or something like that. He was in some high oh, okay. in some high profile job and just lost it. Right. Right. Became a crackpot for Stuart, but, ah, yeah. but I was on. I was on the. I sold programs at that day, and they stole the programs off me. The heart support. The hearts fans. Right. Oh, they were mental that day. Oh, it was. It was. Um, and yeah, that led to to what was a, a good memory the following week, because we, you know, we thought that's us blowing promotion. Mm-hmm. There we were. Need to beat Queen and South. Was it the five goals? Aye. And we were five nothing up at half time. Mm-hmm. And we also needed uh, Motherwell to. I think I think they had to beat Hearts, didn't they? Uh, I think Motherwell won, Motherwell won the league, didn't they? Aye, they they had won the I league and romped it. I think aye. They did. With David Hay, I think was the manager at that time. And, aye, that's right. Was aye. Um, oh, they're a good good side, Motherwell. Then, but but they went to Tyne Castle and won one nothing. Um, and it, it obviously sent us up to the Premier League. I but, think even the week the week before Motherwell were uh, Hearts were. They were almost there. 
And I think we won East Dublin. Mm-hmm. And they get beat 5-2 at him for Dumbarton. It was, That's right. to- it was just totally out of the blue. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hearts, Hearts always seem to be a team that we, we would come across, obviously, ah. in 1965, 1982. And then again, I think we, we pipped them to Europe last Thank day of the season as well. Thank you we? as well, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> So, aye, aye, some interesting counters with them. But, but going back to away days, I think we're talking there, obviously, about 70s and 80s. But any any days which start me, these two you've mentioned already, but any others that are standing out? Well, I'd want it uh, 28th of August. I better get this right. 28th of August, 1993. Right. Or, or the Hamter Rangers. We've just mm-hmm. been promoted, remember, and like, but Rangers were unbeaten at Ibrox for 18 months. Yeah. But the wife was the wife was nine months pregnant. Right. And I was just, oh, I can't happen this morning. So I got up as early as possible and get my strip on to try and get out of the house as, as soon as possible. And she, I remember coming through and saying my waters are broke. <laughs> and that's it, probably the three worst words I've ever, ever heard in my life. And, and the best, and the best, in case you're listening. Uh, and and we went to the we, one of the boys drove us out to the hospital up to Irvine Central and we got there it was about one o'clock in the morning right and I just remember the doctor having her up on the uh, on the the bench thing mm-hmm. with her legs in the air and uh, he said and a wee look and he says uh, nah that'll be a wee while yet and I, I can ask and I was aye when you go so I, I ran and I caught the bus. Right. So we went up, up to Ibrooks, saw us winning 2-1 with mm-hmm. the last minute winner, straight back to hospital, and my lassie was born at 10-11 that night, right. and also got a coop nut. So <laughs> it's a perfect day. Ah, right. it's like, I, remember, I remember her birthday, funnily enough. <laughs> so that was a good year. Aye, aye. Oh, aye. All, the, all, the, all the victories at that time at Ibrooks were brilliant. They were. In, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Time to beat them three nothing and, and ripped them to shreds. That was great because you didn't have that even after about 30 or 60 minutes, you didn't have that knot in your stomach because you knew you'd won the game. No. And you had 30 minutes to to rip their mob to shreds. And it was yeah. just good. It was a great feeling. Yeah. I think in, in fairness to them, and you know, don't say us very often, but <clears throat> the day we beat them one nothing and Ali Mitchell scored Aye. in the last minute. And and I Aye. Remember going to that game, and it was a scorching hot day again, and thinking, "Ah, we'll get, we'll get tanked today." No, I don't even get much chance. So I just did a t-shirt and a, a scarf, and I was getting the underground. So I get the underground out there, and of course, coming back out, I thought, "Oh, well, I'm gonna have to walk through them all to get back to the underground," and I've got absolutely nowhere to put a scarf. You know, uh-huh. there's no way, no way to hide it whatsoever. So here I am standing in the queue at the underground just trying to try to pull my t-shirt over yeah. my head, I think. But in trying fairness to, to them. And ugly, so you blended in with the, <laughs> the Rangers fans. Pretty much. <laughs> but it, was, it was the num- the number of them that said to me, played well today, your team deserved yeah. to win fair play to you. And I no bother yeah. at all. Aye, well, you've landed lucky there, haven't you? Oh, oh totally. <laughs> I mean, it was quite quite a bit compared to I mean, when Celtic didn't win the league at Rugby Park, Aye, Rugby Park um, in 2003, that oh, was a horrendous day. I know. Um, the trouble that was after it. Um, and it was then and then everybody went to it. was all men. It was pregnant women. It was oh, the 
Oh. It didn't matter. No. That's weird. Like one of them, the other famous, you know, eventually went to Nahannan Parkhead after all the years. Yeah. That sticks as well. Mm-hmm. Liam Kelly and Sheridan, that, that was a brilliant day as well. Just oh. because it had taken that long. And have you, have you moved? Are you, you're still going in, in buses or would you always go in a bus? No, I still, still go in the travel club bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the fruit shoot and tea and scones bus is some of their buses <laughs> like to cause. But there's been certain rules, certain rules in the travel club bus. For, I think it was in a bit prohibition when they applied these, rooms, these no. rules to the travel club. And there were certain committee folk. God rest her soul, mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuck to these rules and everybody had to stick to them. And let's yeah. just say they've been relaxed a wee bit in recent years. <laughs> but no, as I say, I went back and bush bus or Brosson bus, but for mm-hmm. 30 years or something to the travel club bus. Right. right. They're good so, boys. They're good for right. that. They're better than reputation. Yeah, oh, yeah totally. totally. <clears throat> and did you go to Belgrade? <laughs> I didn't go to Belgrade. I paid for it. Everything was paid. Mm. And after Connor's keys, I think it was four years, I think, were gone. Three pooed out. And I thought, I'd take the days off my work. And I thought, well, I'll go. And I wish I had went. And I've seen, when I've seen the videos and stuff. Yeah. I do wish I did go. But I was just that sick. That I was working for myself. I was self-employed. Right. So I just thought, I'm going to lose another three or four hundred pounds on top of what I've already lost. Mm. And for me, no, for my better judgment, I decided not to go because mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it was great. And the European trips are superb. Yeah, I mean, even although it was in Wales, and I don't think I don't think in many ways that was the draw we wanted because we wanted you know to, to get a proper kind of onto the continent of Europe. I think, but as it turned out, you know, and despite even what happened in the home game, the memories of the board for it was a great day. The brawl was a brilliant day. It was a great atmosphere all day. It was. All the pubs were rocking. And oh. What a folk you had to see for years. Yeah. They seemed to be there that day. And, and we won. Yeah. We didn't know what was going to happen the next week. But no. it was a great day. No, I would, it's, uh, you look back at the Connors Keys and you think of the rugby park game. But there's a great memory there for the first leg that yeah. shouldn't, have been, shouldn't have been forgotten. No, definitely not. And, and the fact that, very fact, we'd waited 20 odd years for Aye. one of these to come around, you know. Well, that was um, the thing. He, he took it for granted at that time. And Bobby Wilderson's team were qualifying for Europe every year. Yeah. And for a while, for a while, you started taking it for granted. Mm-hmm. And it was that, it was that long for the lashing. It was. It was. And any any European trips stick out? Apart from number one, I think number one would need to be Sarajevo. That for a lot for a lot of reasons, Sarajevo would need to be number one. And it's it's probably the one place I've ever been that I would. Love to go back there, love to go back there and see what it's like now because mm-hmm. you'd been built up for what it was like. You've read all the stories, but it was 10 times worse than that in a lot of ways. Right. We were told not to go. They're all maniacs. And mm-hmm. uh, flight control was a guy with a table tennis bat and and the, uh, and the hotels were all bombed to uh, rubble. And uh, they were 100% correct, apart right. from the maniac but. That's exactly what it was because see when you were flying in there, mm-hmm. it just got worse and worse every time you go there. And we got to the hotel and, and we we're talking at staying in the hotel. The hotel was riddled with bullets, mm-hmm. bullet holes where there was, and we we're told to stay there. But you know what you're like when you're told something like that. Ah, so. yeah. 
We had a few pints there and then a wee walk up the town and we met a couple of local boys, just young boys. And we're talking to them, we're talking to them for a couple of years and that. They were really interested to hear what it was really like. But they said to us, because the game was at night the next day and they said, come and meet us tomorrow morning in this pub and we'll, we'll show you where the stadium is. Right. And it was 30 degrees heat, even at 10 o'clock in the morning. So we've met, met, we've met these boys in this pub and we started walking. And, and you, you honestly, had, you couldn't walk on grass because you were told that, that, that could be mined. Could be mined still there, right? No, I, I, you had to follow alive. these guys because they knew where, aye, they knew where to go. And we walked and we walked and we walked and we walked. And it was you were actually going outside the city centre and going into the, like the suburbs. And the more you went into the suburbs, the worst condition it was in because mm. obviously they were rebuilding the city centre first. Yeah. So we're going, there's no pain that's going away out here to come away back to the hotel to come away out again. Mm-hmm. But eventually they reached the stadium. And I just went to the park here. We went yeah. to the park. The grass was at least 18 inches high. Right. How can you, you can't play in that. Yeah. Uh, we're, not playing in, we're not playing in this park. We're playing at the Olympic Stadium, which was about 200 yards away from the Two hundred yards back behind where the hotel was, <laughs> and they'd say, "This is where we used to play before, right. before the, people get moved to here." But part mm. of their stadium was right at the bottom of the mountains, and that's where the, the Serbs just sat at the top of the mountains and just bombed Sarajevo, so yeah. they couldn't use the park. But mm-hmm. but apparently the team, the team had been doing there earlier on. Bobby Williamson had taken the team doing there earlier on for a kind of goodwill gesture. Yeah. Meet, meet the locals and uh, there's hundreds of your locals all running about kicking the ball with the Kelly players yeah. with Batter Grassy could kick the ball but yeah. Chick Young had come in with BBC Scotland today uh, uh, an interview thing mm-hmm. so Bobby had a translator Bobby spoke to the translator so Chick Young was about to start his interview with Report in Scotland Bobby's talking to the translator guy yeah, and so Chet Young starts. Hello, this is Chet Young from BBC Scotland. And the translator got all the wee boys to run behind Chet Young. And they went three, two, one, and all the young boys went, hey, hey, hey. Chet's <laughs> 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 went, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> oh, no, it, was, it was a good trip. Yeah, but some yeah. of the stories were horrific about what went on, really was. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But then we no, went back up, walked into it, walking and I met up. I think there was 92 Kelly fans there. Mm-hmm. And we met up at the hotel to walk down the main street and then up to the stadium. So we're all walking down. Stevie McKinley's at the front. He's got a drum. So he's playing the drum and everybody's singing. Yeah. And the locals are all tooting their horns because it's the first foreigners mm-hmm. they've seen since, oh, since this all kicked off. Mm-hmm. So that was great. We're going down there. And then we turned right up this wee side street, mm-hmm. up a wee hill. And the words for the, the front to the bottom was nay singing or having a moment silence. We were looking at the back, we couldn't really see what's happening at the front. Mm-hmm. But when you stopped, you, you kind of looked to your right, and there was a big, massive hill up to the right, lined with these wee white crosses. Right. And this is where the this is where they'd buried the Lord dead. I think there was 10,000 mm-hmm. of these white crosses. And the, there was policemen and locals and that walking alongside us. If we stopped for the minute silence, they're asking what's happening and we're telling them. Well, they were standing there with the tears. Even the policemen were standing there with the tears running down their feet. I still got a shiver down my spine when I tell that story, but 
see after that, well, we couldn't do anything wrong. Three totally at gods after that, but it was really emotional. Yeah. Really was some experience. Mm -hmm. No, it sounds it, and as you say, very different times. But but what an experience to to go there uh, short, so shortly after a war, obviously. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, you really kind of get the sense that all, all the European trips have just been so different, aren't they? That's exactly. That's exactly. I mean, you went your niece. Mm -hmm. You had the coat. Yeah. I know. I know. Coat de Zoo and you had uh, you had Dublin, Belfast, yeah. Lurgan, places like that. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser's Light was brilliant for the support yeah. we took and the, the singing and, and that. And, and the friendships a lot the boys have made with, with the Germans so. is that's great. That's lasted so long. So, yeah. all so. the much with it. <laughs> The disco in the middle of the tune was a plane. It was an actual plane. There was a disco inside the plane. Never seen anything like Never seen anything like it in my life. But they were all just different, and that's that's the thing with Wales. That was the first one since Norway, so yeah. it's been too long. Yeah, I know. And well, here's hoping. Obviously, it's not another twenty odd year wait. Um, you know, you would you would not. It's, it's incredible. We're, we're sitting here tonight, and it's it's almost two years to the day <clears throat> since the game in Rome. And Aye. just in some ways it feels like it was last week, and in others it's I know. A, a different lifetime, isn't it? Is it not just that? Yeah, yeah, I know. Even the pre-seasons at Ireland and that were brilliant. I've got yeah. a lot of digging stories there, but pre-season. Mm -hmm. were, uh, were you in the... Did you go to the Republic of Ireland for the pre Aye, aye. And that was the first time we'd been, we'd been there. Again, it wasn't long after the, well, the troubles were still on, but... Mm -hmm. They weren't as bad as what they'd been previously, and we were, yeah. remember going to Sligo, we Sligo and then Galway, Sligo in particular, uh, went to Sligo, and we were in this pub after the game, it was one each draw, I think, we were in this pub after the game, see, you're kind of chatting up the lasses and stuff like that, but we tell them <laughs> that we were the team, <laughs> I, I, was, I was Tam Brown, Alan Muir was Tam Black, hey. I don't know if you know Tempe, yeah, yeah. Tempe's got right black slick back here. Yeah, yeah. So he was Paul Flexney, who <laughs> kind of was like that at the uh, time. Uh, and Terry, Terry McGarry, well, Terry's, a, Terry's what, 70s, mid 70s. Right. So you, we couldn't really. So we made him jump. Manager. Off. <laughs> uh, he, no, he was Jim He was Jim Moffat. He was the chairman, which, <laughs> which <laughs> he wasn't too impressed with. But that was great. We're going on brilliant. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, at, I'm up at the bar, mm -hmm. and this this guy taps me on the shoulder, and he says, uh, "I hear you're Tom Brown for Command Football Club." And I'm going, "Aye, that's bad. I play the killer in that." And he said, "You'll come and meet the boys." <laughs> and I'm going, "No, I'm, I'm I'm just up for the round for the lads here. Huh. You'll come and meet the boys, and you didn't really have a choice." Right? Uh, so he led me in this nightclub along this wee corridor. And then you went doing this other wee corridor, Aye. and it the third door on the right or something like that. And he chapped the door like a two chap, three taps, two, three, two, or something like that. Some code. <laughs> and, uh, and we went in, and there was this big long table, and there's about 15 or 20 of them around this table. And we went in, they stood up, and the boys go, No, no, you're you're all right. You're all they're getting rain bottles of whiskey and vodka and stuff like that. He says, This is this is the famous Tom Brown that. Oh, can I swear? I almost swear here. They scored the winning against these orange men, but yeah. not that long ago. Right. Set yourself down and they're pouring me drinks. And I'm going, <laughs> now, if any of them remember, it wasn't Tam Brown, it was Bobby Williamson, and I'm a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm, I'm sitting there shaking for about half an hour, telling oh, right. different stories of killing that. Right. Half an hour later, I better get back to that. When you go, when I'll take you back through. Right. And I'm like, where have you been? Oh, I, I couldn't even lift the drinks to take them back. They were right. shaking. So now they are aiming. <laughs> they killed Mount Barton about two months previously. Ah. <laughs> I went into this room, aye. And then it was the, the soldier song at the end of the night. And you had to stand up for the soldier song. And uh, you weren't arguing. No, no. And then you had the opposite in Belfast where we had to leave a nightclub because the accused one of the Howard Arms boys for making the sign across, which he didn't. But this was a UDA stronghold. Yeah. And we were escorted out the back door. Apparently there was a, about 200 outside waiting for us if we went through the, the front. And some boy come out and get clubbed later on there. They just they just they just landed in some local boy, but uh oh, was that well, was that the one <clears throat> the preseason of playing uh, at Lisburn and it was going no, right, to the same season, I because I was I went over to that. I, I travelled over, I think myself, and then I met up with folk when I got to Belfast and it <laughs> you know, these are in the days before. Um, Google Maps and all of it. We had the internet, ah. obviously. We didn't have quite the Google Maps. So you could look up the streets or anything. So I just booked in at the cheapest B&B I could, kind of B&B or hostel or something I could find. So I turned up and I got I bought a, a map of Belfast when I go out to the train station or something. And I'm looking this thing out and following it then. And of course, <laughs> I, got, I got it. I got it and you kind of looked up and there was a big chain fence over this thing. Boy pulled out the big fence. Aye, that's right. He came out and unlocked it. And this was the hostel. So I'm kind of looking up and all these, the Union Jack flags and everything was up, the bunting and all that. So I says to the boy um, in the hotel, I says, what, what's, what, what's the name of this street, by the way? He says, oh, that's the Shank Hill Road. <laughs> I said, oh, wonderful. Aye. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> I remember even walking back, coming back from the pub, I think I've been playing Glen Tournament, wasn't that? I come by for the pub and um, all these guys, the helicopters are overhead and a couple of soldiers appeared out of the corner. Stop me. And they said, where are you going? Where are you going? I said, I'm just going back to my hotel. All right, where is it? I said, Shank Hill Road. Oh, you can't go there. You know, <laughs> and they had to take me this big bit. It's a bit of trouble tonight. They had to take me this big diversion. <laughs> but I can remember that, the story you're talking about, because I met up, you know, I met up some other Kelly fans, obviously, and they're saying, "Oh, there's been, a, there's been quite a bit of trouble in one of the pubs in the centre. Um, some boy's been been accused of making the sign of the cross." Or I think it was Be- Benedict's. So that was it. Club. I remember that. Benedict's night club, aye. Aye, aye. But oh, what a trip that was! Um, even the the Lisburn one. I remember. I think we'd, we'd been out. I must have been in Lisburn all day, and after those, we ended up in the in the Lisburn changing room for some reason, talking to their players. And I, how that came about, I don't know. <laughs> then even get in the black cabs, which I didn't know in Belfast how the how the taxis worked at the time with the black cabs. So of course, me and another couple of Kelly fans get in the back of this cab, and the boys chatting away about life in Scotland. I. And he said, tell me now, what are you, what are you thinking about Celtic? And we're like, you know, obviously, yes, we, yeah. I, I, we, we, we gave him a, a full and frank explanation of what we thought about Celtic. He <laughs> just chucked his head. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, you don't say too much, do you? <laughs> Remember, 
Where, where have you been, Derry? No, it's London Derry. Oh, no, it's aye, Derry. Aye. no, it's London Derry. I just <laughs> play Stoom. You can't win. You can't win. Nah, I know. Nah, I know. Yeah. Win. But any, any, what would you? What are some of your favourite kind of league grounds? I mean, we were talking earlier on there about the well, there's a place. Ah, there's a. We're all friends and rivals down the road there. Eh? Yeah. There you know, Long Belfry was one there. I think it was Ian Portis's goal. I think that's the last time they won there. I, like I remember that. rightly. Uh, but funnily enough, my two my two memories of Air United are not necessarily one in the park. There was a again mid eighties probably. It was a, it's funny how that mid eighties was that bad one in the park. But most your memories at that time off the park, brilliant. Yeah. But there was a five aside supporters tournament at the damn park. So there were Hearts, Hibs, Comana, Ayr, St. Martin, whoever were in it. Uh, and it was Johnny Hubbard that was running it, not Johnny Hubbard that oh, yeah. up with the penalty kick. So he was he was running the com- the competition. Mm-hmm. So it was early stages were quite uneventful. And I think there was like four different parts. So there'd be four different games on eight teams playing, and the four that were they playing were rocking around. Jack just kind of no bothering with the games. And then Johnny Hubbard announced, because it was like a gallery halfway up in the wall, and he was in there with a microphone. Mm-hmm. On pitch number three, Air United versus Comana. You, <laughs> you could hear this hum. Nobody was watching any other game. They were all good. <laughs> and there was a wee squad for Crook at home there, supporting Kelly. Because Franny and Mulligan and that were there. Franny, I think sure Franny was playing. A couple of other Halford Crook at home boys who take some of these nutters really. And there's a wee squad here. Yeah. But we started warming up and I'm not much of a fighter. I'm not into the bother on that. But no, the, no. Ball kind of, the ball kind of drifted towards just the halfway line. And I went to get it just as one of the Air United boys kind of drifted out in the commander van. And it was a big guy, big Air United boy called Rocky. Right. That was his nickname, you can imagine. Ah. So we kind of we kind of bumped into each other, and the next thing there's virtually a free for all. Just just is two minutes before the game again. The greatest whistling on the or other place. The cricket home boys put two cards of lentil soup over the heat of the Air United goalie. There was like chairs going back for it. The game eventually started. I think Alan Muir was sent off after twenty five seconds or something like that. And eventually, Johnny Hubbard sees up there and he's, he's, he's shouting near the microphone, Come on, hey, Valeria United and Comana, please behave, please behave. <laughs> if they don't, but the, the tournament's cancelled unless they're United and come phoning the police. And so he did, he phoned the police. Uh, we had to jump in the bus and get out of there before the police arrived. It was me. Oh. That was it. That was the five sides. That's <laughs> just the five sides. That was the five sides. Uh-huh. But I don't think they ever played that tournament again. No. Uh, no. Another one was a score the winner against Air United at Bonnet and Park right. for the Kelly play there. So, for some reason, somebody thought it was a good idea. We were playing there at Rugby Park that day in the league, and somebody arranged this Kelly versus Air 11 aside game at 11 o'clock in the morning at Bonnet and Park. Right. So, that was a wee bit similar to the five sides where we better bore their own in half the park. But five minutes to go, I got a pass for Alan Muir and put it by the goalkeeper at the where it's Bonnet and Thistle's training ground now. And I, mm-hmm. I did my first, and I think it was my only tumble the crayon when I scored. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I stopped rolling when I got the caddy coy. <laughs> kept, kept rolling down there. But that was my claim to fame. And I got yeah, a wee yeah. mention in the programme after that. So, Brilliant. on yeah, the yeah. parts with a bit hard to miss against them. It certainly has. And 
I mean, particularly in cup games, obviously, I can't, uh, I can't even think, you know, of, of a, a cup win at Somerset. But a lot of the boys, a lot of boys in the cup, they don't. I want them doing there because we need to win there sometime, or they've got that claim to fame. Whereas one of rugby part, well, we've done that often enough, but we need yeah. we need to win down there. So I'm not for it to them doing there for that reason. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. It's it's a cup draw. Like, I always want to play them, and you're right. You just finally put that to rest. Aye, go aye. And beat them in, so, in any cup, any competition, any, any competition. Oh, aye. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But so, would you say you've seen you've, you've probably seen Kelly playing at about every ground in Scotland? Now? Up to recently, up to the, the Cove Rangers and the, the uh, ones that have come in recently. Aye, I've been to them all. Aye, along with along with plenty of others. Aye, aye I mean, certainly, you know, I, this is the thing, of course, I've been now just being relegated that for years we used to, t- to talk to, I suppose, younger folk. Um, about oh, you know, it was a great season in the second division in terms of the away games, but it was mm-hmm. no, it was, it was a great season. Aye. Mm-hmm. It was, it's amazing, that's what amazed me about these European games, Rob. Because even in the days when there was only like 1200 at Rugby Park for, yeah. for that period, that was a big crowd. And you would think you would get to the stage you would know everybody that goes to virtually every Kelly game. Uh-huh. So, even we played these games in Europe, and you were only getting so there was maybe three or four, you didn't know three quarters of them. So it's no. amazing the number of folk that go every week. Yeah. You just don't know us. Ah, don't bump into it. And it's, it's surprising. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think there was a time probably in the late, late 80s where the away crowds were obviously that, that wee bit smaller, I think. Other than the big cup games against the likes of you know, Hearts and Dundee ah. United and, and, and Aberdeen and so on. But if you're running a middle league game, but I think that was maybe a time where you, you kind of knew folks' faces. Aye. Aye. Um, as far as away games went, but aye, no, that's that's possibly changed. You're right, you know. And that's well, everybody's younger now as well, aren't they? Well, that's <laughs> so these young folk, you know, aye, so yeah, we've no, now we've now become the older folk, you know. That's, aye, that's, aye. Never thought this day would come, but here we are. <laughs> There's a new generation of hot eggs and bumpots. <laughs> I know, I know. But is there any any bits and pieces of memorabilia you have that are Nobody I couldn't put the phone around the house, but I've got several like, pictures up in the wall and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, and I've got one Paul Wright's goal, Paul Wright's goal against in the, the cup final against Falkirk. I've got that. Apparently, there's a there's a picture for behind. It must be for behind the the opposite goal, mm. and it's it's a good picture of Paul Wright's goal. And I think there was only three copies made. Mm. Paul Wright's got one. I've got one a auction for it. The product, Rab Muller, that was mentioned that yeah. uh, we, we got money together for a headstone for him. So one of the, the things that we raised money for was this picture of Paul Wright's goal that was signed by Paul Wright. Right. So I bought it, and I think Franny Mulligan, the A1 glass, he had, he had sort of made it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's probably the best one. But no, yeah. plenty, I'm not a big collector of programmes and stuff like that. I've not got the right. patience for it. And I quite often wish I did, but... Yeah. I can't throw away a strip at every strip that's bought. You can throw away every T-shirt and mm. polo shirt that you've got, but I just can't fling away a Kelly strip. So there's millions up and off there. Yeah. No, I just, I'm not a big collector of stuff. So uh, it's good. It's good to have the strips, so though. I think that's uh, aye. You know, aye. just the tops. Um, and it's amazing the money that, that I've, you know, I've talked about this in a 
a few previous episodes, but the money some folk will offer you <coughs> for Aye. some of these tops now. No. You know, it's still something. I did it for one year. I tried it one time. I thought, see, the year one in the league, 64, 65, I thought it'd be interesting to try and collect a programme for every game mm-hmm. that season. I ended up with a Hearts one. That was the only one I got, <laughs> which was the most important one. But oh, uh, aye, aye. I don't know whether they just weren't about programmes at that time or they were limited or they just disappeared off the face of the earth. But... No, you get you get some games. For some reason, Celtic was always one that we didn't seem to produce a programme when we played Celtic at Rugby Park uh-huh. in the 60s. Um, and I asked quite a few, few, quite a few games. Some of the European games they never produced a programme. Aye. Rugby park. Aye. So you're right, yeah. There's certainly the ones missing there. But um yeah, no, it's it's good it's good to have the shots and it kind of takes you back to certain players at certain times as well. I know. Well I got that retro one, the the white with the blue panel, the wee panel doing the front, the blue and white panel. Well, yeah. that was mid seven. That was kind of Ian McCullough was my favourite player, and that was Ian McCullough's strip. Ian Fallis yeah. that died and uh, yeah. I loved that strip. I love that strip, my favourite one. So it was nice to see it back. A cracking strip. <clears throat> and you're a big um, follower of Scotland as well. I, I go to well, as many Scotland games as I can. I so I'm just back for the three games there in the Euros. So back for Wembley with an injury. Right. <laughs> had a wee tumble. Had a wee tumble after the game. I think I've cracked my, my shin off the. Uh-huh. I think I've had a camp or something like that. It's, right. Come here. They're all coming out now taking the knee. Well, I broke one back for Wembley. I've got a spare one there if I'm doing their lamp for one. So I'm just yeah. waiting the swelling and doing that. But yeah. no, there's a lot of Scotland stories, but ah, they're for Scotland. They're for Scotland times, aren't they? It's Kelly boys. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, like I suppose. Aye. But it's, yeah. What's, well, you could tell us, what, what's your favourite place you visited with Scotland? Probably Barry. We, we went to Barry. We went to Tokyo and... Uh, uh, we went to that Peru and Mexico trip as well. They were they were oh. brilliant. Thought Mexico City might be a wee bit a dodgy place, but uh, far from it. It was a smashing place. Yeah. Peru had just qualified for the first World Cup for for decades, so oh, that was just yeah. a party place. They were they were great. Yeah. To- Japan was that. To- Tokyo was just that interesting a place. But uh, yeah. ba- Barry was great because Barry. I don't know if you remember, but when Scotland went there. There was a drinks ban. Right. They had a policeman had been killed at a Syria game the week before, so oh. they put a drinks ban in, in Italian football for a fortnight. So mm-hmm. we were there the following week. So the morning of the game, we had a big Scotland flag, Danny Coffey, Howard Arms flag. So we thought we'll get a taxi, we'll drive to the stadium. I get a taxi to the stadium. We'll, we'll get in, put the flag up. And I'll just ask the taxi driver to take us to the next village or town that wasn't in the drinks ban. Yeah. Because it, it was just, sorry, the, the ban was just on about Barry, it wasn't it? Right. It was the further out for that because it was a game on. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let us put the flag up at the game, so the taxi driver just took, took us to a wee place called Petrito. It's about the size of Dunlop or something <laughs> like that. It was a tiny place. Right. So we've come in and we put the big flag up at the village square. And there was a wee pub, I think it was Veronica's or something it was called. And we went to vote, it was 12 o'clock in the morning, into Veronica's, you get the kilts and all that one, but there was nobody inside. So we kind of stood up, stood at the bar for a wee while, thinking somebody will come across. We poured a couple of pints, but we left the money in the yeah. counter in case somebody would come in. Yeah. 
this place, the place is dead. And we went outside and flopping about, absolutely nobody to be seen in the streets, all the wee shops, nobody had seen them. But we could hear, we could hear this music in the distance, getting closer. And we're thinking, that must be Tartan Army here as well, right? There must be Tartan Army. So we started singing, we'll be coming down the road, just me and Stevie McKinnon, we'll be coming down the road, my belting it out. And round the, the corner came where the music was coming from. It was one of the funeral, funeral processions. Oh. You know, they were all hosting the car with the, oh, the guy yeah. in the front with the big hat. Aye. And it was a local mafia's uh, grandmother that had died. Uh, and that, that's why there was nobody to be seen, because all the mafia were oh, following this thing. Right? <laughs> so I was just going to went back into the pub, but they come into the pub after the funeral. Right. And they were dead friendly, apart from one wee guy that sat in the corner. Right. And never said anything for about, oh, I don't know, two hours. He just kind of sat there and stared and was like, mm. on a bit of bother here. So there was a guy, a Canadian Italian, that could speak, right. he could speak English. So he was kind of translating what was happening. And we're going, who's this bloke doing here? Well, oh, that, that's Mimo. That's the that's the Southern Southern Italian ultra leader. <laughs> and they say, it's also that it's also that woman that's died, grandson. Oh, no, we're dead. But he must have had a wee word with him and he came up, bought us a pint. And after that, he was absolutely brilliant. Because he actually drove us to the game and his wee, it was a Nissan Micra or something like that. But he just drove by the Polish. He just opened the window and the Polish let him through. Waved them through. And we went into the Italian end. He took us in with all the Italians and that, all the loonies. And we went back to the we're back to the pub after the game. Guy took us back to the pub after the game, and right. and then took us back to the hotel at two o'clock in the morning. But right. we put the flag up at the square, mm-hmm. and there were folk coming off the hills and all that, all grannies in wheelchairs to get the flag taken with their picture taken with the flag. So yeah. it was quite an experience. Uh, it's definitely yeah, friendly. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> some of the, some of the situations you can end up in. Um, ah, just travelling for a football match, you know, it's incredible. No. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Uh, well, <laughs> Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, um, I've enjoyed it. I've as I knew, it. I knew it would be. Um, I knew you'd, you know, you, you're, you're a man who's very well travelled and watching Kelly over many, many years. And also, as you said, Scotland is, I mean, we could have an episode or two just in Scotland alone. Uh, um, I'm quite sure. But thank you very much for your time tonight. Thanks very much for the. Uh, introduction and uh, I've enjoyed it Robert it's been good no good no good thank you it'd be, it'd be brilliant to have you on again because I, I think you know, as far as I'm concerned you can't get enough of these heyday yeah. stories you know mm-hmm. um, it's great and it just jogs other folks memories as well I think you it know? does uh, I'm listening to a lot of ding stuff there and there's a lot of things flooding back that you've forgotten about so. yeah or just even names you know that Aye. some of the names you've mentioned tonight some of the folk you've, you've quoted or ding quoted as well I thought oh, I remember him I remember him or, or no. you know hard or, or whatever and it's yeah it just it does it brings it all back and it's really good and that's why it's so good to do it Martian. So thank you, and you're off to school bride tomorrow. Off to school bride tomorrow, Paul. I get the season up and running. Yeah, sure. Well, I surely a victory, you would think, but nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so. Well, I hope so. so. Yeah, but like yourself, at the moment, I um, I think looking forward to and confident and upbeat enough about the season ahead. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll be nice back. Feel, it's nice to feel that way at the start of the season, isn't it? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It's always a special thing. 
So many thanks for listening to us tonight, uh, or whatever time of day, in fact, you're listening into this part two, really, of Kelly Away Days. And it is good night from Ian. And it's good night from me. Good night.